0: G'day, and welcome to Perco's Podcast, a podcast all about strategy, leadership, and soul care. We're here to help you obtain your personal, professional, and
1: spiritual goals without losing your soul. We hope that today's episode is refreshing and gives you a new perspective. Now, here's your host, Jason Perkins.
0: G'day, everyone, and welcome to episode 30, part two of Perco's Podcast. I loved part one of this conversation with Brian Heasley because as a leader, It is so tempting to work on all the external things that are vying for our attention, including serving those that we lead, and forget that it's actually the internal work that we do to tend to the garden of our inner life. That's the very work that gives us something to share with those that we're leading. And it was such a powerful reminder to me, and there is so much more of that coming in the second half of this conversation on today's podcast with Brian. Hey, before we get into that, though, we have two very significant dates coming up shortly on the calendar, especially if you listen to these episodes as they are released. We are less than two weeks away from Christmas, which means right on the back of that, we'll be celebrating a brand new year shortly. With that in mind, I want to tell you about a couple of episodes that are coming up soon on the podcast To help you get ready for the new year, I sat down with a good friend of mine, Sadara, who was actually on an early episode, episode number seven of the podcast, and I walked her through a tool that helps leaders to create what is referred to as a life manifesto, or maybe a dashboard for your life. It was like a live coaching call with Sid, and it's a great way to help you focus on who you want to become in the new year and less on what you think needs to get done. So many of us set goals for the new year that are focused on what we want to get done, and this particular tool helps you to focus on who you want to become. I love how Craig Groeschel puts it. He says it this way, focus on the who, not the do. Be on the lookout for that episode releasing right before the new year, and let me know if you'd like some help working on your own life manifesto or your own dashboard for your life to begin in the new year. The best way to connect with me is through the link in my Instagram bio. My Insta handle is at Jason Perko Perkins. I'd love to help you discover who you want to become in the new year. Hey, next week on the podcast to help us get ready for the holidays, my good friend Duncan Banks, who was also an early guest on the podcast, episode number four. He's going to be joining me and he's actually going to take over the podcast. He's going to be in the hosting seat next week asking me questions. Duncan is going to be interviewing me about soul care during the holidays and what we can do to take care of our souls during one of the busiest and most stressful times of the year. But it doesn't have to be that way. Make sure that you keep your eyes out for that episode coming out next week, just in time for you as you prepare for your various activities during the Christmas and holiday season. Perhaps you can even listen to it while you're getting ready for the season, maybe decorating some cookies or something else as you prepare for Christmas. To start off today, though, I'd love to reintroduce you to today's guest, Brian Heasley. Brian serves as 24-7 Prayers, international prayer director, traveling extensively around the globe and inspiring and teaching on prayer and mission. He is a global ambassador for Thy Kingdom Come, an initiative of the Archbishop of Canterbury. He is also a trustee of Christian Solidarity Worldwide, which is a charity working in the area of freedom of religious belief. Brian and his wife, Tracy, are long-term trailblazers within the 24-7 prayer movement with years of experience in local church and pioneer mission. They pioneered the work of 24-7 prayer in the party area of Ibiza, Spain, where they lived for eight years developing rhythms of prayer and mission and with a heart to bring about change in a place that the British press once called Sodom and Gomorrah. They are passionate about prayer, mission, and justice, with a real heart for leading in a way that is both sustainable and life-giving, rooted in a rhythm of devotional and prayerful responsiveness. They've been married for over 27 years, and they've got two adult sons. Well, without any further ado, I hope you enjoy part two of this conversation with my friend, Brian Heasley. I have to put my hand up and be one of the first to put my hand up and say that I have in years past been so focused on what I was doing for Jesus that Mm. I failed to spend enough time just being with Jesus. And I've been guilty of that. And there's been kind of seasons, I would say, of great kind of refreshment in my time with Jesus. But then there's also been times where, quite frankly, (laughs) Brian, it didn't feel like I was getting much out of it, like it felt very dry and maybe even a little bit kind of robotic in that experience. And I would just love for you to maybe speak into that, that seasonal aspect of it. And is it necessary for people to kind of shake it up a little bit, change it up a little bit if they're getting into some sort of a rut where their times aren't that intimate? What would you say to that?
1: Yeah, I would think First, we, we're busy. Some of us are so busy building the kingdom. I think I say this in the book. We're so busy building the kingdom, we forget to sit at the feet of the king.
0: Yeah. You've
1: got to do that.
0: Absolutely. You know,
1: don't be so busy building the kingdom, you forget to sit at the feet of the king. Yeah. And so there's For me, that's really important. But there are going to come times where you're reading your Bible and it does feel dry. And yeah. I think sometimes we we would say that was a crisis of faith.
0: Yeah.
1: And I actually think it's a deepening of faith. Yeah. Sometimes when things don't work the way they used to work, God is calling us deeper. He's calling yeah. us into, uh, uh, into a deeper relationship with you. I've got some friends, they wrote a song years ago. It was like, I want to go deeper, but I don't know how to swim. And ah. I kind of think yeah, to go deeper, you don't actually need to know how to swim. You just need to know how to let go. Yeah. You know, yeah. So as you kind of let go, you throw yourself on the father. So I, I, I do a thing where, I, where, where often I'll meet people and I say, uh, for instance, I had a friend. And she was really struggling and, and she said, oh, I, I just, you know, I'm, I'm just not connecting in my quiet time anymore. I said, well, what's your quiet time like? She said, well, I normally I put on some like really popular music. I've got my message version of the Bible. I get, well, it's pumping music and I read it and God's not there anymore. And I went, no, 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 God's there. <laughs> <laughs> but, 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 but maybe he's calling you deeper. And weirdly, my wife and I, we were just chatting with our friends and, and we said, you know what you need? We, we deduced you need a study Bible. Okay, right? weird... and because she's just reading the message, like, I love the message. It's really yeah. helpful. I gave the message out on the streets in Ibiza for years. It's a beautiful thing. Yeah, uh, but but we just to go deeper. So she got she got this study Bible with notes and all And weirdly, that just that little tweak just took her deeper. And but yeah. she thought she was having a crisis of faith, but God was just really calling her to a deeper understanding of His Word. Yeah, you know, the, I think sometimes you feel like um, He's not meeting me like He used to. Some sometimes. There's dry seasons, let's be honest. And we just, yeah. that's the kind of like, it's good for me. Yeah. You, know, you just exult in the monotony of doing it again and again and again, right? Yeah. That's fine. Yeah. You know, God, as I, write, I write about C.K. Chesterton and he talks about, you know, God says again to the sunset or similar to the flower because, because he has not grown old. And maybe our father is younger than we. Yeah. <laughs> because he just he exalts in monotony. So we have yeah. to learn something to keep going with it. But then there are other times where I think if you're not finding him in that way, go look for him in another way.
0: Yeah. What are some and ways? What are some ways that you would suggest, Brian? Because you mentioned something at the beginning of the conversation about your quiet time includes listening. You use the word listening. Mm. And for me. Only in recent years, probably in the last probably 18 months to two years, have I really kind of taken a, a serious look in the in the whole idea of silence and centering or contemplative prayer. And that's been honestly game changer for me, Brian, where, you know, I could barely go 20, 30 seconds before I look down at my watch to see how much longer of silence I was trying to do two minutes at the beginning. But now I, I, I have an experience of about 20 minutes of silence in the morning where I'm just listening on my, my garden, which is my couch. And I kind of pretend that Jesus is sitting on the couch with me. I haven't, I haven't made him a cup of tea yet, Brian. I haven't gotten that weird yet. But for me, that was kind of shaking it up a little bit. Are there other ways that you've heard or experienced, you know, shaking it up a little bit to be effective?
1: Yeah, I think changing the time. sometimes be just because it just refreshes the time changing the changing the the uh the i think sometimes if you've grown up in church i i change uh translation of the bible that i'm reading yeah Because autopilot you know in the beginning was the word the word is with god in the beginning with god all things were made by him him. yeah i know that so when i read that it's kind of like i autopilot but if i read it in the english standard version it's slightly different and it just kind of jumps out so i'm i'm a big advocate for trying out new new translations because i think things pop out and i'm also about moving the time around i I think that's good but i'm also just you know I for me journaling's been a really good thing sometimes it's sometimes um I have done it more than others, but so I, I love journaling. But I, I've also known like we 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 introduced in our uh, twenty four seven prayer every, once a month. Everybody has to take a retreat day, okay, eight day, eight hours okay. of your. We pay, you know, it's just like as part of your contract, eight hours yes. of your. You, know, you just have to go away, and we we can give you some guided stuff. But yeah. basically, the day is set aside to pray. Now we work for twenty four seven prayer. So if we weren't giving our people time to pray, it would seem a bit weird. I mean, if you work in uh, a retail, you can't say to your boss, can I have a day off for a retreat? But yeah, there, there are, I, I like the idea that has been, I know John Mark's doing quite, John Mark Combs doing quite a lot of stuff on Sabbath, which I quite yeah. like. I, You know, that whole like switch your phone off, put it in a box on a Friday and don't pick it up till Friday night, all that kind of thing. I think that's those kind of practices. There's quite a lot of, I think it's a roof, Haley Barton book you must have read this about silence and solitude that she's yeah. Just
0: written yeah yeah really, invitation really to really retreat yeah, yeah yeah
1: but there's I think it, it's just being creative with how you do it so so recently I've just started uh writing I read I was in uh, Iona the island of Iona mm. about Ago, which is where columba you know in 600 a.d came from ireland to yeah. carry the gospel into england and so it's a beautiful old scottish island well all islands are old but you know there's with, with columbas you know there's all this stuff and it said he used to sit in a hut every day and he would copy the scriptures copy the psalms really you know, and so so i've i've started handwriting the psalms
0: Wow.
1: I just want to would try it. Yeah. I, I mean they, theirs were really beautiful and artistic. You know, six o'clock in the morning, mine's a bit more of a scribble.
0: Yeah. But, so <laughs> just,
1: I just I just try and I'm I'm always looking for ways and, and inspiration to try and do it differently. So so every morning I try and write write a psalm out by hand, if you know what I mean. Yeah. I'm yeah. threading it, Psalm 119. Yeah. I think I'll break it down. Obviously. break it
0: into bits. Yeah. Break it up in a little bit. You, Brian, you actually wrote, you wrote an entire chapter on the importance of journaling and actually got into some detail about doing that. You talked about in that chapter and I found this fascinating because I've experienced this a little bit myself. You talked about being brutally honest with God and, and, I've experienced this, Brian, where I've been in places where I was so angry, so frustrated, perhaps with what was going on in my life. I remember one time in particular, my wife said, hey, we just need to go out and go for a walk. She's a very wise woman. And I remember on that walk, Brian, I'm literally so mad, so angry at God that I'm dropping F-bombs about the situation. And I actually, Brian, I snapped my glasses. I was that angry. I was so frustrated. And yet at the same time, Brian, I think there's something about the Psalms, especially David's Psalms, where he didn't hold back from his honesty. And you talked about this in the chapter. And I, Brian, what would you say to that person that says, hey, that level of brutal honesty is a bit dishonoring, maybe even irreverent, because we need to have, you know, the old phrase, we need to have a, a reverent fear of God. What would you say to them about that?
1: It's funny, you know, you talked about your friend earlier, whose dad used to read his journal. Yes. Every week. Well, the book, right? I sent a copy to my dad and he said, son, there's there's only one. It's a, he loved it. He was very touched. I dedicated it to him. But yeah. he said, son, you know. In that page about journaling, you wrote you wrote a swear word. Yeah,
0: <laughs> he wouldn't even say it. He couldn't so he, couldn't he bring himself he, to say it. But you wrote the swear word in there, Brian. Yeah,
1: did I said this is a really month, right? Yeah, and I, I used, and, and we really toyed with should we put that in the book? Mm. You know, should we? Because that we we're, I, I'm not a shock jock. I don't really want to. Do you know what I mean? I'm not trying to kind of
0: prove a you point. know. Yeah,
1: but we there was really something about like. I have an incredible fear of the Lord and an incredible reverence for Jesus. And I'm, I'm 100% in love and in awe of him. Uh, but I believe he wants me to be honest. Yeah. So I, I believe honesty before the father is really, really important. When mm-hmm. I come to him, I bear my soul. I bear my heart. And if my heart is broken, I can't hide it. I meet too many. We, we both probably meet too many leaders who have hidden stuff. Yeah. you know and, and it's eaten them away yeah and so there have been months there have been months that have just been really crap yeah and i've written about it in my journal to god and said this is how it is
0: yeah uh,
1: but but then when you read like psalm what is it psalm 109 things like that where where if where, what is it it's like uh I've got it here. It says, you know, appoints, this is David praying, you know, appoint someone evil to oppose my enemy. Let an accuser stand at his right hand. May his children be fatherless and his wife. I always just picture being in a prayer meeting and a guy getting up and starting to pray that as we'd all be like, hang on a minute, hang on, hang on. We need to get this guy
0: some help. Yeah.
1: Get away from the microphone for starters. And then second, it's like getting some help. Now, I believe there's a time and a place for that kind of brutal honesty, and I, I genuinely think it's in, it's in the the Bible is more honest about that prayer than church yeah, yeah. and, and it, those, those psalms are written as really beautiful examples to us about how honest we can be with God, yeah and so I, I, I wrote that in my journal. I didn 't preach that on a Sunday morning, and I didn't pray that in front of a group of students. Yes, I wrote it. But I was trying this has been the problem, not the problem, the challenge of the book is we need more leaders to be honest about their devotional life. So I really decided that yeah, we can be brutally honest and, right. and without being irreverent. If it's if it's just an expletive laden kind of because you're you're bad at your grammar and you can't think of other words, then then smarten up your imagination. But there are moments where we the something, some of the visceral things that we feel as as individuals, some of the pain that we feel, some of the struggle, some of the strife, some of the, the heartache we go through, it's going to come out in a less than articulate manner. Yeah. And that's okay. So that's why I think journaling is really good because the real it's a space to express. I, I, most of my journal doesn't just express my pain. A lot of my journal expresses my gratitude much more yeah. about gratitude right. than pain. But you have to have the space for both.
0: Yeah. And I think that the, the truth is, Brian, that our most intimate relationships are the ones where we are the most honest. I think there's a correlation between that. If I'm not if I'm not being fully transparent and honest with my wife or my kids, then there's going to be a lack of intimacy in those relationships. I think the same is true in any relationship, including our relationship with the Lord. Brian, people listening to the, the podcast, maybe there's someone that's listening and they're going, You know, Jason, Brian, I would like this kind of experience on a daily basis and I've tried it. I've given it a shot, but for whatever reason, I just don't have the discipline of a regular quiet time, but I want that. Do you have any tips or tricks that you would say for that person that's listening and struggling and and they want it, but they just don't necessarily have the discipline to pull it off every day? What would you say to them?
1: The first thing I'd say is, therefore, there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Absolutely. Don't beat yourself up. You know, yeah. listen, I, I've just written a book on quiet times. The week of its release was so busy. I didn't have a quiet time all week. Yeah. And how you feel. Yeah. You know, you, you interviews about quiet times. You're thinking, oh, my goodness, it's been a really rough week. I've been like, you know, doing all this promo on quiet times. and then I haven't had one. So, you know. so. So, and you know and there's a lot of grace we have to understand that there is grace but i think there has also to be uh that we're disciples and disciples mean we have to discipline our lives paul talks about you know beating his body into submission yeah. you know, so, but under that lens of no condemnation you know mm. so, so it's, 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 it's it is a challenge grace is always a challenge if grace grace doesn't give you the you know if you're not asking those kind of questions I don't know if you really fully understood grace because you can just be like oh god still loves me and he does still love you but I I love him but I just want to get to know him so so I think for me it's I'm talk I talk about like an hour uh, an hour that I spend if you could do 10 minutes Mm. like the the about standing by the kettle and letting it boil you have to start building in small practices and, and 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 try and look to incrementally increasing them it's like when you go to the gym the first time you lift some weights you're like there's always some big beefy guy lifting really heavy weights. <laughs> when i was I, we, we did a lot of work in spain and i used to go to the gym with a load of bouncers like big security guards yeah and this one guy he he took me to the gym to teach me how to do it and he said brian he said there's always going to be someone in a gym who can lift more than you yeah and that really helpful because there's always someone lifting, and you kind of look, oh, I, I, and it almost puts you off, you know, because there's someone who could. But that's not the. the I, it's about you know learning to do it yourself, and so yeah. there's always going to be someone who's doing more than you. But you have yeah. to you have to start somewhere. And I I can lift more in a gym now than I used to be able to lift when I first started. Uh, and and I think it, it's starting. So I'm doing like if I would say, listen, five minutes a day. You know, if you were to if you were to read a like I, I'm a I'm a big one on like why don't you do 21 days? Get the book of John, read yeah. John, yeah, yep. you know, read a chapter a day. I you know, even or even you know 30 30 chapters of Proverbs, read Proverbs for a month or yeah. or, or actually just read one part one part of a thing. i'm going to read 10 verses a day you know so i I think it's all about it's almost been mathematical some of it and just like right i'm going to do this much and then see see how it increases i think we we do live in a culture of immediacy yeah and i believe we need to learn the art of perseverance in a culture of immediacy Mm. and sometimes we have to learn just to persevere to keep going yeah going Going and sometimes it mightn't always, you know, pop, but there are days when we put the quantity. I talk about this when we put quantity time in, yeah, we have moments, you know. So, I've just my sons, you know, I've got two sons, and I would often be like, I want to have quality time with my sons, uh, you know, really good conversations. But if I scheduled in an evening for quality time, it they'd be like, oh, I want to play the Xbox, got a friend coming around, got my homework to do, all of that. But if I spent quantity time with them, Yes. You have quality moments. So I put quantity with my sons and then all of a sudden you're doing, you're doing, you're washing the dishes on a, on a Tuesday night and they open up about how they're really feeling about their future. And that quality moment comes as we put in the quantity time. And so for me, trying to build in regular quantity and, and starting small, building up, mixing it up, thinking about different times of day. What is there in your life that you do right now? Uh, that you could cut out so you know we spend 150 minutes on average per day on social media it takes you 15 minutes a day to read four chapters of the bible on average if you read four chapters of the bible every day you'd read the bible in a year so you know 150 minutes social media 15 minutes bible so cut down your social media by 10 percent and you could read the bible in a year yeah kind of weird but so, so I think there's someone, someone once said that we value what we do and we do what we value, you know, mm. and it's almost that like we, we, we've, we've got a, how much value do you put on it? Yeah. You know, as, as the deer pants for the water, so my soul longs after you, you know, yeah. how are you? And I, I guess if I was praying for a leader that was struggling, I'd be saying, I'd be saying, God, I, I pray that you would birth a holy first in this individual yeah that they thirsty for you so my prayer is that if you're dry that god would give you a first that would drive you to him you know mm. so i, I don't mm-hmm.
0: know if that's no that's not, yeah, super helpful mate the the other thing that you talked about in the book that i found really fascinating is this idea of the importance of a hidden life and um i just think you know more so than ever Brian, because of the internet and because of, you know, social media platforms and things like that, we can have more of our life in the public domain than ever before. Like quite frankly, Brian, the reason why I'm doing what I'm doing today is because somebody listens to the podcast on an internet connection or somebody has heard a message online that I've preached or whatever. And so I just think there's this temptation out there more so than ever to grow very large kind of platforms of influence, especially online. And I would love for you to just maybe speak into this idea of the importance of a hidden life and maybe share some concerns or maybe warnings that you have of this idea of the the large public platforms, including in our Christian culture. You know, we have a celebrity culture, even within Christendom that, I think there's maybe some challenges with. So, share with, share some thoughts on that topic with us. Uh, yeah, I could go on
1: about this. I think announcement culture is very real.
0: Okay. We live in a
1: culture where people always announce, announce. This is what I'm doing. You know, I went on a boat trip yesterday with my wife and her work colleagues. So I've, there's a photo me on the boat on Insta. Do you know what I mean? And we're like, yeah. here I. Am boat you know it's lovely and it's a beautiful view and you know and and we're kind of like we there's this announcement culture that is very real in our lives and i i I think what happens then is we start promoting highlights and and even the book of acts right is a book of highlights all got up made a tent went for a walk by the beach went home went to bed do do, do you mean and peter and john you know, they just prayed. They just read. They just they did their stuff. But it was kind of like you just got to do your normal life, you know. And but we read the highlights, and then we look at leaders, and we and we're it, leaders are always kind of like announcing. Not all of them, but we've got to be really careful about announcement culture. Yeah. That we're we're, we're announcing what we're doing, and I, I I I I like I'm really drawn at the moment, and I know it's in the book, but I'm drawn to it right at this time. I'm drawn to one King seventeen. Where where Elijah goes into the court of Ahab and he prophesies and you know that's announcement culture and like that's what most leaders want isn't it they want to be like speaking to kings
0: yes you know? yes
1: like, oh, influence and power or when even when you read about Jesus he goes along to he heals he healed in Mark one he, he heals Peter's mother in law and it says the whole town turned up wow you know? isn't that and, that and I'm thinking that's what as, as a church leader that's, that's what, I used what to you want. Yeah, speak to kings, the whole town to turn up. That's what you want. But then you, you with with Elijah, verse one, he's in a court. First two, God God says, now go hide yourself. Mm. Jesus, Jesus has the whole town turn up. What does he do the next morning? He goes off to a solitary place and prays. Mm. He, you know, he goes to a hidden place. Yeah. And so I, I think that you know <laughs> we. I, I'm trying to reason I'm chuckling is I'm trying not to be brutal about this because I it's a bit of a, in my
0: body. Brian Brian be brutal mate we need we need to hear it because I think it's so pervasive in our culture today honestly be brutal
1: this 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 is what happens right is that so Elijah goes away and he finds God by a brook by water by ravens he goes deep 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 with God for and at one at one King 17 is three years Sometimes you read a chapter and we're like, "Oh, it's just a chapter." Three years of hiddenness before God says to him, "Go show yourself." And I don't think I, I think some leaders can't can't do six weeks of hiddenness. Yeah, you know, and and so I I just think it's so important. We we live in a culture where almost like the pinnacle of leadership appears to be stage time. Yeah, yeah. and I've got to get stage time. If, you know, if I can get on the stage, if I can get on the platform, it's platform time. That's the pinnacle of leadership. And and it it just doesn't work. It doesn't work for everyone. See, the the artifacts of our faith are the bowl and the towel. The artifacts of our faith are John 13, washing others' feet. And there are too many leaders that want their feet washed. You know, and, and so and, and they want to announce it, and even that washing feet, you know, click, it's online. Yeah. Look, washing yeah. feet. No, no, no. A servant serves when no one is watching. A servant serves when no one is watching. And so I just think it's, we've got to be really, really careful about that, promoting that as the the, the ideal. Because then we get a load of young guys thinking to be successful in ministry, I need to get on a platform. To be successful in ministry, I need to have 100,000 Instagram followers. You know, I need to be able to, and and it's just, it's so wrong. When you look at Mother Teresa, and we all know about her, what did she do? She didn't have Insta, she didn't preach. You know, there's a book of her letters. But she went and she served the poor. You know, Eugene Peterson, he spent like the first 60 years of his life just being a pastor of a church, serving faithfully and daily. You know, there, there, are, there are lots of uh, heroes of our faith that, that weren't super popular in their day. And, but we sometimes get drawn to the, 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 the glamorous. The yeah, Honestly, it, it, it's crazy because it, it's promoting a, an aesthetic leadership that's about how we look more than what we're doing mm. you know so so and and it, it always becomes like uh you have to you have to be in a significant place and be a significant person i even get worried jace about like the idea that that, that that's prevalent within church culture that that you're only really going to see revival if you hit the major cities wow. you know so it's like no, but when you think about it, it's quite, yeah. it's quite, important, isn't it? Like everyone's has need to be in New York, need to be in London, need to be in Sydney, need to, you know, it's the big cities. And, and if I'm honest, it's, it, it's quite scary when you think, where did Jesus come from? You know, from Nazareth, you know, yeah. and, and, and was, was Jerusalem the centre of the world at the time? No, it wasn't. Rome was. And right. so it, it's, it's quite fascinating that we've somehow adopted a kind of uh, a, a city theology that you've got to go to cities you know, and or also, I, I think there's quite a lot of leaders that are they're they're not enamoured with place; they're enamoured with leadership. So they'll move around quite a lot. You know, and and some will offer them a job leading a church. yeah I want to see more leaders fall in love with a geographical location and think this is where God has called me, like Teresa of Calcutta. That's actually mm. known. Teresa yes. of Calcutta. Imagine being, you know, Jason of Brisbane. You're trying, yeah, you know I mean? yeah. your passion, your heart for the place and bringing the kingdom in the place is greater than your passion and your heart for your status and being a leader. So I, I just, it just, I, these are little nervous things. I, I have loads of really good friends who lead churches in London, New York, Sydney, and all sorts of places. I'm not knocking it, but I think if we, if we, if it's all about that, it's quite scary. Yeah. So, so I, so I live in Norfolk, a little part of England and, and it's hidden, you know, and God can, you know, when I look at some of the bigger bands as my friends in this band delirious, right? Yeah. It's a small town called Little Hampton. No one's heard of Little Hampton. No one's heard of it. You know, it's a, it's a, it's a rural seaside town in the south coast of England. And God used them in a massive way. So, so I, I just think we've got to be really careful. We, a, we don't think it's all about platform and, uh, or all about place. You know, I, I mean, place as in me being in a big city. Yes. You know, something about having a passion for a place and a passion for, you know, the, the, a passion for the towel and the bowl. Yeah. You know, how do I serve? Yeah. How do I serve? And a servant serves when no one's watching. And right. I think if you were to read Elijah, you'd you'd find that he he was this up and down kind of guy. This prominent and then hidden, prominent then hidden. And you know, and I believe that when he was in his seasons of prominence, he was speaking out of hiddenness. Yeah. you, know? if you were to read John fourteen as a reflection on social media use as well, Jesus's brothers say "You need to go up." I think maybe it's John seven. Anyway, you need to go up to Jerusalem to show yourself.
0: Yes. Yes.
1: John John six, verse 66, which is weird in itself, says that Jesus lost followers. Right. His teaching was so hard. He lost followers. I actually think that uh, there's a lot of leaders out there and it's all about getting followers. And Jesus wasn't frightened of losing followers because of the message that he preached and the way that he lived. And, and the idea of losing followers, you know, when you think about it, if my, if my Instagram, my small little Instagram count dropped <laughs> below 1,000, I'd get distressed. Yeah. You know, but Jesus lost followers. So, so I, I just think we just got to be careful. We don't allow the culture to lead us. We need to lead the culture.
0: Yeah. Brian, that was gold, by the way. I'm so glad that you were just honest about it. Because this is, I think this is one of the great tensions of leadership in our culture today, because quite frankly, it's celebrated when we grow Mm -hmm. platforms of influence. It's what's expected sometimes nowadays as well, if you're a leader that you would have these large platforms of influence. I love, you, you mentioned something and I've heard others talk about this. You mentioned something earlier in the conversation you talked about this idea of being contemplative activists, and yep. Rich Rich Valotis in his book uh, "The Deeply Formed Life" he talks about this same concept. And I love in your book, you move from kind of what quiet time is all about, but then it it does come into activity. It's not just the contemplative; it moves to mission and to justice and things like that. What would you say in 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 kind of as we're wrapping up the conversation, what would you say about that move from not just being contemplative, doing a quiet time, being in that garden with Jesus, but Mm. it has to have an outward, you know, focus. It's got to have an outward working. What does that look like?
1: I think it's Bob Pierce who said, Lord, break my heart with what breaks yours. Yeah. So I, I genuinely believe that when we spend time with the father, we become aligned to his heart yeah so when i if you get a a needle and you rub it against a magnet and then you put it on top of a cork the needle automatically points towards magnetic north it's a weird thing because it becomes aligned because it's rubbed against a magnet it's been magnetized and so when we spend time with god in the quiet time i think he orientates us he points us towards where his heart would be, and his heart is always towards the least, the last, and the lost. Yeah. So if your if your quiet time doesn't lead you out, then it's it's a therapy tool, you know. Yeah. And so I, I and and we we breathe in, as I said earlier, but we also breathe out. And so I my fear with the quiet time book, which is why my last chapter is on mission, or one of my chapters is on mission. Yeah. Is that it becomes just a therapy tool. But the reality of my faith is that I have a God who's passionately in love with the world and wants to see the world one for him. And so when I spend time with him, he gives me ideas and strategies for looking out, you know, and if your quiet time doesn't lead you out, I would question your quiet time. Yeah. You know, it doesn't get you outwardly focused if it doesn't just if it doesn't turn you to 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 look out then uh, that that would worry me you know so I, so i i think all quiet times we breathe in but we have to breathe out we're yeah. we're called to be you know light in darkness salt where there is no salt you know we're called to not be hidden under a bucket or whatever you know and we're called to shine brightly but i think we do that best when we come from a from the deeply formed life from the yeah. from the you know we were in spain one, one my we were, we used to walk around the streets at night really crazy place and we'd run up to people we'd walk up to people and say hi we're christians can we pray for you and my wife went up to a group of girls one night and they weren't christians and said can we pray for you and as they started to pray for these girls one of the girls started to cry Mm. and her friend said what are you doing making her cry and the girl who was crying went no it's not her it's god in her wow which i think is the essence of how we should be that if we are those people who are so connected to the father that we can somehow carry Christ, you know, to those around that, that when they, when we pray, they, they feel something that's beyond us. Or, you know, when they see us, you know, a lot of Christians think that if, you know, that, I, so I'm in like the, the garage talk getting my car fixed and the guy starts to talk to me about his depression and it, they don't, people don't talk about their depression to everyone. No. They, see, they see something on you. I don't yeah. know him. You know, we, we end up chatting about it, and you know, talking, and you know, able to pray for him. It's it's kind of like it's because people see something of the mark of the Father. People know who you've been with. People know, honestly, they know who you've been with. Yeah. I believe the scent of the Lord lingers on. You know, Paul talks to some we are the what is it the, the aroma of life. To others, yeah. we are the of death. Yeah. And so, I think it's something about people who you know when someone's been with Jesus. They they said of the disciples they took note that these men had been with Jesus, Jesus. yeah you know and I, so so there is something of that 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 if we that we develop that quiet time well it's not a therapeutic just purely therapeutic but we start to think about that it should always lead me out yeah. then then yeah. I, I think it's very healthy uh, yeah. I think it's unhealthy if it just becomes insular. Yeah, most of, the most of the stuff that you read about like that that we read about these great men and women of the faith and we kind of think they were locked away i went to Enniskillen in ireland and there was this island and they said this is where the monks lived and i was like weird locking themselves away on an island and they went no 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 it's because all the major trade routes at the time traveled by water and all the boats would stop off so they positioned themselves in a space that was for mission but when wow. we go you know, it's just a little island in the Fermanagh Lakes in the middle of nowhere. And so it looks weird. And we get this impression that the monastic, the kind of the prayerful life was was reclusive. But the reality, apart from the Desert Fathers, but the reality is that most most monasteries were built in a place whereby they could influence the culture, you know, with with food and creativity and all of that. So so I think that, that we were called to this kind of monastic prayerful life, but it, we must also be influencers of
0: culture. Yeah. I love that, Brian. They put themselves in a position of mission. They place themselves there. I think that that's fantastic. Mate, this has been such a great conversation. And I've I've just got a couple of questions I want to wrap up with. The first one is this. The theme of the podcast, mate, super simple. We want to help leaders, help people reach their goals without losing their souls. And and I'm really convinced um, that the goal is actually your healthy soul that's that's really the goal so what does that look like for you beyond just quiet time do you have some practices do you do some things that cultivate that healthy soul for you yeah i do <laughs> what do they look like i i have friends yeah
1: real friends that that helps i have people i can be real with they're not just leaders they are you yeah. know i've normal everyday friends i've got you know my friend lives around the corner, you know, and we, we go out together, we spend time together. So, so I think friendship is very helpful. I think a lot of leaders somehow can get a bit isolated. Yeah. You know, and I think developing deep friendships and, and good relationships are, and not to be frightened to form in if feeling of your leader a church, you know, can't form, you know, relationships with congregants. I think that's, I think that's nonsense. I think you'd yeah. be a friend of everybody, but develop friendships. That's how I, that's one of the ways exercise so, you know, uh, I've recently had a knee injury. Okay. So I've been struggling a bit of exercise and I've realized I felt a little bit, you know, maybe a little bit low. And I actually I was saying to my wife yesterday, just need to get back on the exercise bike. You yeah. Know? So during lockdown, I cycle on my exercise bike 10 miles a day, you know. Wow. So I, weirdly, you know, it's so friendship. And these sound weird, don't they? Exercise, yes. spiritual, uh, good diet, you know. So, I, you know, I, I, I like a glass of wine, but I try not to drink wine during the week. You know, okay. so, I, so I a glass of wine at the weekend. Not that I drink loads, but I'm just saying, you know, just kind of you try and watch yourself. Yeah. Uh, I, I look at my habits. What am I doing? You know, am I when I'm so I when I travel a lot, I'll, I'll eat too much chocolate because I feel a little bit low and I'm getting a little quick sugar hits. So I've just I've worked that one out and try and eat some fruit, which yeah. is really, it, it, it's almost like physical care. I, I was when you when you asked me that question, I've got this book here, I've, I've got this really I, I, I like. I think more, I was quite impressed as well by Eugene Peterson. He said that more leaders need to read poetry. Okay. If the, if the Bible is full of poetry, why aren't we more into poetry? The thing about poetry is you can't read it fast.
0: Right. It you forces know? you to slow down and contemplate.
1: And so but I, I so I think that would be my one weird one is to start yeah. reading. But I, I was reading this, this. I got this beautiful book. It's called Benedictus. A okay. book of by John O'Donohue, beautiful book. But there's, there's, he just, he says a beautiful line in here. One of his poems is, for one who is exhausted. And, and one, it's, there's a big, long poem, but you can probably look this up, guys. But it's a draw alongside the silence of stone until its calmness can claim you. Be excessively gentle with yourself. Mm. Be excessively gentle with yourself. And I think we need to learn to be gentle with ourselves as leaders. We so often beat ourselves up. What the voice in our head is often you need to do more, you need to do more, you need to do more. That wasn't good enough. You could do that better. You know, the good is the enemy of the best, all that kind of stuff. And and that all kind of creeps in and we're ending up we're never quite happy enough. And so we need to learn to be incredibly gentle with ourselves. And I think yeah. if more leaders were gentle with themselves, they'd be gentle with others.
0: So yeah. It's almost like we we spend our lives always striving for more that we forget to actually live this yeah, life, exactly. because we're so much involved in striving. So good, mate. That was. Thank you for sharing that, Brian. Even if nobody on the podcast is encouraged by that, I needed to hear that today. Hey, yeah. what's what's happening, mate? In the world of twenty four seven prayer, right now, you guys working on some projects? Which, by the way. Lectio three six five app. I am a huge fan, and I talk about it everywhere I go. I try to get as many people on board with it because it's been such a helpful tool for my own soul care. So thank you guys for that. But any projects you guys are working on, and how can people keep up with you?
1: Well, people can follow. People can follow me on Instagram. Yeah, that's right. We got to build the platform. Yeah, come, come and come and follow me on yeah, Instagram. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, uh, uh, yeah, and Twitter and Facebook and all your usual social media formats. I'm sure you can track me down. Yeah. I think we're we, we Lectio 365 has been a real blessing. We really wanted to make that a tool to help people encounter God through prayer and through the word of God. We've actually just released this week Lectio for Families. Oh, really? Okay. A lot of people saying, oh, we're, I'm doing this with my children. Sometimes the content's a little, you know, it's certain. So we've just made a new app called Lectio for Families, which okay. is really Check it out. So I think it's on Apple and Google stores. It's that's 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 literally last week. OK. Uh, we we uh, we're doing a uh, a series called the Be Still series.
0: Yes. So I it's, saw it's, some it's, of the videos that you guys were shooting. Yep. Yep.
1: 24 seven prayer dot com slash be still. Anyway, you, we're yeah. talking it literate generation here yeah Uh, so So it's the be still course which we did we put together really to complement the book to help small groups and churches to do it's like five sessions that you can work through it's got study guides so people can kind of like you know you it, it was the it's like 12, 15 minutes, that kind of stuff long. And then a study guide for some discussion around quiet times. So we're we're kind of, we're, we're, we're really going to go with the, the Be Still course. That's a big thing for 24-7 Prayer. Lectio for families is the really big thing for 24-7 Prayer as well. And the ongoing Lectio 365 stuff. It's just, you know, I think, Jace, if you could pray for our team. Because we have to, we, the good thing about it is fresh content. Yes. And so you can have an app, but it's getting the content that's important. You know, so yeah. we're, we have to really hard on content as well. So yeah, yeah that's, that's kind of keeping us busy right now. I think as well, international travel's opening up. So I'm personally going to be traveling a wee bit more, which that's exciting. That's
0: yeah, super exciting. super exciting. Well, mate, this has been a pleasure. I mean it. It's been refreshing for my soul. And I'm so grateful that you carved out the time to have the conversation. And I hope it's a blessing to those people that are listening. And I hope it honestly spurs people on to find their own garden to find their own quiet time and and just be still with the Lord. So thanks mate for your time.
1: Oh, thank you for having me. I really appreciated it. And uh, yeah, it's been great to catch up, Jason. Thank you.
0: Well, that was such a powerful and challenging conversation for me personally. I'm so thankful that Brian was brutally honest about the importance of servant leadership. I especially was challenged by his thoughts about our desire as leaders for platform time and the fact that Jesus modeled leadership by using a bowl and a towel to wash people's feet. Brian said, real leadership is serving when no one is watching, and that is incredibly powerful. Hey, before I go, I want to make sure you don't miss any conversations like this one, especially if you're brand new to the podcast. If you haven't already done so, I want to invite you to go over to my website, jasonperkoperkins.com and you can sign up for our email there we just simply send out emails when we release podcasts and also helpful resources for people who are wanting to both reach their goals but also at the same time not lose their soul promise we won't inundate you with emails every day we just want to send you helpful information to make it available to you Another great way to not miss a single episode and conversation like this one is just to hit that subscribe button on whatever platform you listen to this episode on today. Hey, I want to give you some feedback around a tool that I've been talking a lot about recently on the podcast. It's called The Working Genius. It comes from Patrick Lencioni and The Table Group. It's a phenomenal resource for teams, and we talked about it over the last couple of episodes a couple of times, and a number of teams have actually reached out to me and had me take their team through the Working Genius Assessment and also the workshop that goes along with that. And I wanted to let you know some feedback that we got from one of the leaders who invited me to come and lead their team through the Assessment and Workshop. Greg Pierce, he said this, that before discovering the Working Genius Tool, our team was a bit unstructured in our approach to workplace productivity and team meetings. He went on to say having Perco guide and facilitate the Working Genius Workshop made it easy for everyone on our team to identify their own productivity strengths and how they can use this to contribute to the overall workplace. Since going through the Working Genius with our team, it has helped us to not only have common language around workplace productivity, but also to better structure our team meetings to be more focused and productive. Greg, thanks for letting us know how The Working Genius was helpful for your team and the difference that it's made. And I wanna invite you, if you work with a team, maybe you're a leader in an organization or a part of a team in a workplace somewhere, and you would like more information about The Working Genius, or maybe even you'd like to have me come and lead your team through the Assessment or Workshop, I'd love to be able to do that. The best way to reach out to me and let me know if you're interested is go to my Instagram bio. It's at Jason Perko Perkins on Instagram. You can click on the link in my bio and there's a way to connect with me there specifically about the Working Genius Workshops. I'd love to help you and your team discover what Greg and his team discovered about productivity in the workplace and how you guys can reach your goals as a team without losing your souls. As always, I love hearing from people that are finding the conversations helpful in feeding their souls. That's what this podcast is all about. We want to help people reach their goals without losing their soul. So I'd love to hear from you this week if it's been helpful for you. The best way to do that, again, is via Instagram. My handle is at Jason Perko Perkins. Also, if you're finding these conversations helpful, we'd love it if you would share it with other people that you think would find them helpful as well. A great way to do that is through social media, but another way to do that to help us get the word out about the conversations is to leave us a rating and a review on your preferred podcast platform. I'd so appreciate it if you'd take the time to do that. All of those things help us to get these great conversations to as many people as possible. Our dream here at the podcast is super simple. We wanna see an entire generation of leaders reach their goals and at the same time hear them say, it is well with my soul. Thank you so much for your time today. I really appreciate it. I look forward to connecting with you online this week and I can't wait to share a holiday episode with you next week where we can care for our souls even during this busy time of the year and spend time being with Jesus. Until then, cheers.